On the resurrection morning when all the dead in Christ shall rise, I'll have a new body, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, eternal soul, in weakness raised in power, ready to live in paradise. I'll have a new body, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. I'll have a new home Glory, glory With the redeemed Never of God understand There'll be no more sorrow No, no more pain There'll be no more strife Yes, raising the likeness In of his likeness Ready to live I'll be glad I'll have a new body Praise the Lord I'll have a new life Eternal Free From every imperfection Youthful and happy I shall be Lost in victory I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life I'll have a new home Glory, glory With the redeemed Never said There'll be no more sorrow No more pain There'll be no more strife Yes, raising the likeness In his likeness Ready to live I'll be glad I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life When the last trump of God shall sound I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Eternal grains All bursting saints are shouting Heavenly beauty all around I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life I'll have a new home Glory, glory With the reading of God to stand no more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of this likeness. Ready to live, I'll be glad. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be. Welcome to the Passion for Christ show. So glad to have you, friends. I'm your host, Bruce Kessler, and I just want to tell you this, that I'm part of the greatest movement ever, a follower of Jesus Christ, because you see in him I find peace, joy, happiness. I am blessed beyond measure more than I can ever deserve. My goal here is very simple. That is to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Upcoming in our study segment, we're going to be asking the question, what is the character of those who dwell with God? But before we get to that study, we've got a few things along the way. And the first is headline news. Well, get this. Get this, folks. Christians in America are more likely than the general population to see the United States as a blessed nation and a world leader, although majorities in both categories affirm such a belief. Christians are more likely to say the U.S. is a Christian nation and was chosen by God. 
Uh, the 4th of July offers a time for the U.S. to celebrate the Declaration of Independence. It also provides space for us to look back on our country's history, the good and the bad, to sharpen the lens with which we envision its future. According to Barna, according to the poll, 80% of practicing Christians, but 58% of U.S. adults agree with the statement that historically the United States is and has been a Christian country. 51% of practicing Christians strongly agree with the statement, while 29% somewhat agree. Meanwhile, 87% of practicing Christians, but 52% of U.S. adults agree that historically the United States has been blessed by God. 64% of practicing Christians strongly agree. There you go, folks. 87% of Christians believe America has been blessed by God. Mm -mm -mm, folks, oh, what do you think about that? What do you think about that? Well, now get this. Chicago Red Stars forward Rachel Hill recently released a statement explaining why she chose to stand during the National Anthem on opening day of the Challenge Cup of the National Women's Soccer League despite her teammates taking a knee in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement. She insisted that while she stood during the National Anthem out of respect for her military family, she wholeheartedly supports the Black Lives Matter movement. She said that when I stood for the National Anthem, before the Chicago Red Stars' most recent game, this was a decision that did not come easily or without profound thought. I chose to stand because of what the flag inherently means to my military family members and me, but I 100% support my peers. She added that she tried to show solidarity with her black teammates and with the black community, with the black community as a whole, by placing her hand on Defender Casey Short's shoulder and bowing her head. I struggled but felt all of these actions showed my truth, and in the end, I wanted to remain true to myself. She cited Galatians 5.14, writing, I do the best I can each day to show love and respect towards every human being. Through my faith, I've been taught that love always works, and the command I follow is to love your neighbor as yourself. There you go, folks. Soccer player Rachel Hill shares why she stood during the national anthem as her teammates knelt. My, oh, my, folks, sometimes courage comes in many different ways. Amen. Well, honestly, folks, a lot of young people are under a lot of pressure. Well, get this, get this, get this. A new survey shows that most evangelical Protestants support women taking a leadership role in the church. It's a survey from political scientist Ryan Burge, who found that 8 in 10 self-identified evangelicals said they agree with women teaching Sunday school, leading worship, and preaching at women's conferences and retreats. 7 in 10 said they were in favor of women preaching during church services. Nearly 87% said they would support having women teach Sunday school, 
while 72.8% said they would support women preaching on Sunday morning. There you go, folks. Beth Moore in 2018 found herself in the center of the debate of women's role in the church. I'm asking, she said, that you simply have no tolerance for misogyny and dismissive towards women in your spheres of influence. I'm asking for your deliberate and clearly conveyed influence toward the imitation of Christ and his attitude and actions towards women. There you go, folks. There you go. Seven in ten evangelical Protestants support women teaching and preaching during church survey finds. My, oh, my, folks. The world is changing around us, whether we like it or not. And that's our headline news for this broadcast. And now this day in church history. In 325 A.D., a jewel-encrusted emperor, Constantine, appears before the Council of Nicaea that he has assembled, declaring that division in the church is worse than war. Mm -mm -mm. And in 1533, John Frith is burned at the stake in Smithfield by King Henry VIII, of England, a Protestant and fellow translator with William Tyndale, he had been accused of heresy. Folks, can you believe that? Just translating the Bible, you would be accused of heresy. Mm -mm -mm. And then on 1755, death of John Sinek, English clergyman, born of Quaker parents. He had been raised in Anglican Church, worked within the Methodist movement under John Wesley, left Wesley to work with George Whitfield, and finally in 1845 joined the Moravian Brethren. Sinek had published several collections of hymns during his lifetime. And then finally on this day in church history in 1832, the National Hymn America is first sung in public at a children's celebration of Independence Day in the Park Street Church in Boston. The words have been written that February by the Reverend Samuel F. Smith and are sung to the tune of God Save the King. How about that, folks? And that's this day in church history. <laughs> And now we have a little bit of fun here, folks. Name that Bible character. Here is your clue. It's about Daniel. That's the category. Daniel. Here is your clue. The secret of the dream was shown to Daniel at this time. What time of day am I? Here's your clue one more time. The secret of the dream was shown to Daniel at this time. 
what time of day am I? We'll reveal the answer to that tantalizing clue following our study segment. So stay tuned for that exciting reveal in our final segment of Name That Bible Character. Well, folks, now we come to our study section. And I've entitled this study as What is the Character of Those Who Dwell with God? If you want to know what kind of character God expects or God is looking for, well, we find such characteristics in Psalms chapter 15. Psalms chapter 15. So let's go and let's read it first. And then we'll just outline several things, several points. I think there's at least 11 points that uh, highlights the character of those who are dwelling with God and is in his tabernacle on his holy hill. All right, let's read it together. Psalms 15, get your cup of coffee and let's get cracking, folks. Verse 1, Lord who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? And so he's going to answer that question. Verse 2. He who walks uprightly and works righteousness, speaks the truth in his heart, he who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but he honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt, but does not change. He who does not put out his money at usury, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. Amen, folks. Man, what a powerful, powerful chapter in Psalms. Woo! My oh my, it answers a lot of questions, doesn't it? Well, let's just get right to it. What is the character of those that dwell with God? Things, the characteristics that he says at the last of Psalms chapter 15, he who does these things shall never be moved. What is these characteristics? Number one, it's a person that walks uprightly. That is to say, is honest, truthful, just, sets God before him at every turn, acts according to the words of God's law, is moved by the word of God, shaped by them. Number two, it's a person that works righteousness. That is to say, he is upright. That means he is loving, caring, compassionate, honors God, makes right decisions out of love. Number three, he speaks truth to his neighbors. There's no pretense in this individual. He is what we would say true blue to the core. 
He doesn't make hollow or empty professions, but he is honest and above board and does what he says he will do. Number four, does not backbite. That is, he treats everyone with respect, doesn't jump to conclusions. Number, number five, does no evil against his neighbor. That is, he treats at all time with all those around him in a godly manner. That means he does them no harm at all times. Number six, does not rep have reproach against his friends. That is, he does not dishonor or disgrace the friendships that he has, but builds them up, uplifts them, honors that relationship. Number seven, he despises the evil person. And that it simply means that he judges fairly. He knows the difference and is able to discern that difference and make a judgment. Num number eight, he honors those who fear God. Honors, respects, loves, Number nine, swears to his own hurt, does not change. I was wondering about this one, but it, what it means simply is that he keeps his promise no matter what. He offers no excuses. Number 10, it does not mismanage his funds or take advantage of others. In other words, he does not use his finances improperly or for gain. And then lastly, he cannot be, well, will not move against those who are innocent. In other words, his conscience is clear. There is nothing that he will ever do. You can't pay him off. You can't bribe him. That person will always honor those who are innocent. That is the list of the characteristic of those who dwell in the house of God. Those who dwell in the presence of God. Does this describe you, friend? I pray that it does. And the promise here is simply this. He who does these things shall never be moved. Folks, now more than ever, the world needs to see this kind of character shining forth in their communities, standing firm, unfazed by the culture of the day. And now we have named that Bible character. Here was your clue. 
The secret of the dream was shown to Daniel at this time. What time of day am I? The time of day was night time. That's right. Daniel 2, 17 through 23. Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions that they would desire mercies of the Lord of heaven concerning the secret, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. The secret of the dream was shown to Daniel at this time. What time of day am I? Night. And name that Bible character. Well, folks, you too can become a follower of the greatest movement ever, a follower of Jesus Christ by turning to him in faith and repentance and baptism, and you will have peace, joy, happiness. You will be blessed beyond measure more than you ever deserve. My goal here was very simple. That is to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Visit our website, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com. Well, friend, I just want to tell you this. God bless you and thank you for listening to this broadcast. There are so many things which to be thankful. There are so many things which to be glad. If we just try to count all of our blessings, we will have joy that we never have had. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For your true love. Thank you, Jesus. For saving my soul, for saving my soul, lest I wander, lest I wander from home yonder, from home yonder. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for keeping me whole, for keeping me whole. And thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for salvation, for salvation, for unfailing, for unfailing mighty power, mighty power. I want to worship, want to worship and adore you, and adore you, and to thank you, and to thank you every hour, every hour. One day the Father sent Christ our Redeemer down to this world to die for a lost race. What a great price was paid for our transgressions! Freely Christ offered love, mercy, and grace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your true love. For your true love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. For saving my soul. Lest I wander, lest I wander from home yonder, from home yonder. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for keeping me whole, for keeping me whole. And thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for salvation, for salvation, for unfailing, for unfailing mighty power, mighty power. I want to worship, want to worship and adore you. And adore you And to thank you And to thank you 
Amen.